Bienvenidos. Hola, amigos y amigas. Welcome back to Al Chogim Trumpa, the unofficial official podcast. And this is your host, Aureliano Nava. Don't be afraid of being a fool. This is one of my favorite of Chogim Trumpa's slogans. And I'm going to do my best to unfold it for you. I do hope I succeed at it, but you'll be the judge of that. I'll start off by sharing with you, in case you are not yet aware of it, you might be, that I think you need to know that everyone, and I mean everyone, is running around confused, pretending they know and understand who they are and their relation to their world. But in fact, none of us do. The best of us have made peace with this and that's what separates them and makes them noble, worthy of our attention. So, you're interested in doing away with patriarchal power hierarchies and economic distributions that are all whacked up? Well, me too. Include me in. But if you're really interested in shaking things up, give up the belief that others have what you don't. And be the center of a mandala of manifesting that is not owned by you that is self-sustaining because it's in balance and harmony with its environment and you're just a part of that environment. In fact, you're even less than a part of that environment. You're more like foam, which the conditions of that environment have allowed to be expressed for a fraction of time but holding your seat properly at the center of this environment, this mandala, comes with a few requirements. Because we are not that much less fragile and vulnerable than foam, and because we have been allowed to bubble up and hang out with the rest of a given situation temporarily, fleetingly, we have to have great appreciation for everything around us that's there in its place supporting us. You might be hanging out somewhere, anywhere. It really doesn't matter. You might be at a gathering or a barbecue or a house party and you step into that situation and there are people around and they're talking to each other and they're nipping at the available food that the host has offered and you approach someone and you greet them and you start relating to them. You start talking about when was the last time that you both saw one another and this person's name might, might be Mauricio and uh, you ask Mauricio, so Mauricio, last I saw you, you or between jobs, have you have a new job already? And Mauricio might tell you, 
that uh, he indeed has a, a good job and that things are going pretty well. And you might ask whether he is still married to the same person. And Mauricio might say to you that no, that regrettably that uh, relationship has ended and he is no longer married. And um, he shares with you that uh, he does not see his two-year-old son as much as he would like to because he's working so hard and because the uh, distance between where he lives and where his son lives. And, uh, well, the conversation continues. And no matter where that conversation with Mauricio heads into or whether you start talking to someone else, it doesn't take a lot to to notice, to sense that everything is tainted by uh, shifting circumstances. Whether you talk to someone that you know already, whether you talk to a new person, there is always that quality of uh, things are not the same. As I last spoke to this person, his life situation is not the same. My life situation is no longer the same. And uh, you know that next time you will see them, things, circumstances, what you will share with them and they will share with you will be tainted by change. Um, not only will you be older and they will be older, but their whole life circumstances will be different. And some of what they will share with you will pinch your heart because it will be heartfelt and uh, some of it will be uh, cheerful and worth celebrating. And as you continue to interact with people and with that whole situation, you might start noticing that there's something else there present that is taking place just right underneath the surface of uh, all that whatever it is that's keeping the whole thing together and uh, coherent and uh, so that it fits. You might start noticing uh, that um, there's this dream-like quality to that situation uh, as well as with any situation. And as you start talking to people, if you begin to be more sensitive to this quality as you talk to them, even the sound that comes out of their mouth and your mouth as you're speaking to them and they're speaking to you and the words and the sentences flow out of them, you understand them and at the same time you uh, don't. You understand that uh, there's something that is keeping the whole thing going, that it uh, takes a lot of maintenance and it requires a whole lots of relationships that must be kept present and must be kept intact in order for those words to make sense to you and connect them to the right 
circumstances and uh, relationships that those words are referencing. And before you know it, uh, your words and their words might begin to sound just like sound. Uh, sound that is both familiar and at the same time not familiar to you. As you make your way through the crowd and you head on over to grab a beer from the refrigerator, as soon as you open the refrigerator, guess who you run into? You run into Elon Musk. And uh, you obviously recognize him because he's so famous and uh, you grab a couple beers and you offer him beer and uh, he says thank you and you introduce yourself to Elon and you guys start talking but um, it doesn't take long before you start feeling that you're talking to a person that is much smarter than you are somebody that um, uh, well, you have a limited vocabulary for with and that uh, there are only certain topics that you're able to talk to him about because, uh, after all, Elon Musk is into all kind of uh, exotic kind of uh, sciences and physics and uh, mathematics and uh, he's into all kinds of things that you are not into or familiar with and you feel very inadequate talking next to someone like Elon, and before you know it, he picks up on the fact that you're just a peon compared to him, and he quickly excuses himself to go talk to a much more interesting person, and that leaves you kind of, uh, well, in a very interesting position to be in. You don't know quite what to do with yourself, and uh, you start uh, walking around almost like a zombie because you're still thinking about Elon and how inadequate he made you feel and uh, you're kind of mumbling to yourself and stumbling along and you drop your beer and uh, it splatters all over the floor and glass breaks and uh, you're about to clean it up but uh, one of the servants that was hired comes on over and uh, he says that uh, in very broken English that he will take care of it and he immediately starts cleaning it off the floor and you want to help him but uh, he gestures over to you that he has it and after he's done you start talking to him but you can't talk to him because he can't speak English and uh, you don't know quite how to converse with him and um, he tells you that uh, he's from this, uh, well, very unknown tribe in Guatemala and he just uh, arrived here not that long ago and your Spanish is not very good, so, and his Spanish is not very good, so you don't really have much of a conversation with and you kind of feel that uh, even if he did speak English that you probably wouldn't be able to talk to him about much because uh, it doesn't seem like uh, this person ever went to school and uh, well um, after a while you kind of get bored with this person you have very little in common with this person and you try to uh, well walk away and find um, somebody else to talk to 
you head on outside to the backyard because you want uh, some fresh air. As you walk out there, you notice this person who is smoking and drinking from beer, and you introduce yourself. You start talking to this person, and it turns out that uh, you both have very much in common, and you start talking about all the things that you have in common. There is a commonality of education and uh, language and professional interest and hobby interest and so forth, and there's all this to talk about, but um, it doesn't take much to start sensing that uh, you don't know anything about this person, that uh, you will most likely not really know this person uh, very well or to any level that will leave you satisfied. You might start sensing that even though there's all this that you both have in common, that in fact it means very little and that besides you don't even know whether this person is just uh, tricking you, is just deceiving you, is just a very good person that talks to and makes up all kinds of stuff and uh, is able to talk to almost anybody. And uh, besides, uh, even if it's true that you have all this stuff in common, most likely you'll never see this person again. So you continue on like that. You go from person to person and situation to situation from feeling inadequate and uh, overwhelmed to feeling superior or in control over a particular person or situation and even when uh, and even when the person or situation seems to be pretty balanced off there's no advantage or sense of disadvantage or sense of inadequacy or superiority or all all that stuff um, it still feels pretty uh, unfulfilled, inadequate. There's still this sense of um, something is lacking, it's some dissatisfaction. And you go on uh, meeting people and some you are attracted to and some you want to uh, seduce and uh, take and uh, have a good time with and some are frankly not very interested and perhaps even repulsed by you. I don't think it takes a tremendous amount of effort or contemplation on how it is that almost every situation that we relate with has this underlying sense of uh, impermanence and dissatisfaction to it, this sense of um, there's a lot of effort here that one needs to invest in order to feel in control and secure and feel adequate uh, with a particular situation. And when we st start seeing that shifty, that uh, uh, inability of us to be quite in control to our satisfaction, we start seeing this, um, well, for lack of a better word, it's a sort of choice that becomes available, one of relaxing into that uncertainty, into that sense of uh, dreamlike quality, or heading in a direction of, I need more information, I need more control over this, 
I need to figure this out and reaching into your toolbox and uh, reaching in in order to find the right way of changing and altering things to your favor. Of course, as you begin to connect with this dreamlike quality to that given situation, there might be some panicking involved, some fear involved. You might uh, want to revert to something that is more solid and familiar and uh, recognizable so that that uncertainty, that uh, shaky, unfamiliar ground is not so panicky, is not so threatening. Look, I'm not here laying out a trippy situation for you that you might think is experienced more when you are under the influence of alcohol or drugs. It uh, doesn't necessarily need to be experienced like that under the influence of uh, mind-altering substances. I'm really talking about the most uh, ordinary of situations in one's daily experience and how it is that we begin to uh, relate to uh, everything around our immediate environment and we begin to uh, connect with it in some uh, relaxed manner and uh, with some lightness and not um, approach it from the point of view of uh, I know what's going on, I fully understand this, I understand all the objects here and all the relationships among these objects and all the people here and uh, this is uh, certain and solid ground. When you begin to uh, question that uh, a bit, almost perhaps as an exploratory kind of, um, well, approach, that uh, that impermanence is there, it's present always, and this is something very real, very concrete in fact, just because uh, it is part of the natural uh, world of objects that that shiftiness, that change uh, is uh, always there, except that uh, we do our best to not see it and not relate to that, but uh, it's always there. And when this happens, when we, uh, well, dare do that, that sometimes, all too quickly, we may, t may s think that, uh, well, it's just a matter of... Uh, um, solidifying my understanding of what's going on. It's just a matter of uh, knowing and convincing myself that I have the right information, the right tools. Uh, I can um, establish the right kind of patterns here um, and that uh, there's nothing to feel uncertain about. And so when Chogyam Trimpa declares to us that we should not be afraid of being a fool. He is referring to this kind of situation with us that instead of going in the direction of sensing that uh, shakiness, that dreamlike quality to our every experience, uh, 
And uh, instead of securing ourselves in that uh, via all our familiar ways, he is saying, no, don't, don't do that. Uh, be brave enough to be a fool about this whole situation. You don't have to understand what is going on. You don't have to have a short grasp on things. Just be there, present with that, relax with that. There's a quote that uh, I very much like, that i like to share with you from Chogin Trumpa, and uh, it's from his um, collected works. I think it's volume two, and it goes as follows, quote, one has to accept that dreamlike quality and work along with it. We can't start perfectly and beautifully, but uh, if we are willing to start by accepting our neurosis and basic chaos, we have a stepping stone. Don't be afraid of being a fool. Start as a fool. And if we dare follow Chogyam Trumpa's instruction here, if we are brave enough to be fools under any given situation we confront on an ongoing basis, and uh, if uh, when th we sense that uncertainty, that dreamlike quality to any experience we open up to, that instead of saying to ourselves, oh, um, I'm feeling this because I just don't have that certainty that uh, others have have because they are, well, uh, they have it more together than I do, and they understand what's going on better than I do. They have more information, they have more knowledge, they have more experience. They are more advanced with this kind of stuff. They are more spiritual than I am. Uh, instead of doing that to ourselves, that all we have to do is relax and uh, be brave enough to be fools and that when we do that, that uh, we will not go in the direction of, um, well, encountering that kind of suffering that uh, is experienced as we attempt to become certain, pretend that we understand, believe that uh, we can have the right kind of uh, knowledge about any given situation, and all we have to do is convince ourselves, um, well, have a positive, secure attitude, and uh, say to ourselves that we know what's going on, and we have it all together. And here's where Chogim Trumpa is sharing with us, is communicating with us that we should not do that, that we should not begin by running away from ourselves, by attempting to secure and save ourselves from that dreamlike quality, that uncertain-like quality, because he clearly knows that as soon as we begin to move away from that, that's when we begin to manipulate attempt to manipulate not only our immediate environment, but 
also uh, our mind. And we begin to, uh, well, deceive ourselves. We begin to lie to ourselves. We begin to play on that uh, hope and fear about things that begins to produce that sequence of, uh, I don't like this. This does not feel good to me. This feels too um, insecure and unfamiliar to me, and I need to do something about this, to alter this, to change this experience. And then there's that uh, fear that you may not be able to, that uh, it might uh, run away from your ability to control it. And precisely here is where ego is at its best in its own territory, because ego is all about securing control, and it's all about converting any situation, especially situations that uh, are threatening to it. So, Trumpet Rinpoche is pulling us away from this temptation to gain control when we experience this dreamlike quality and by telling us to dare to be fools. He is telling us very gently to simply not control, to not attempt to gather more information, more knowledge in our attempt to uh, deal with that dreamlike quality, that uncertainty, to in fact uh, relax on that, to not be too cute about it, to not be too sly about it, to not be clever about it, to not attempt to impress ourselves or others, and to go in the opposite direction. And that as a consequence of our willingness, our ability to be brave enough to be fools under these kind of situations, that uh, we will go in the opposite direction, <coughs> where through, by that uh, giving up or letting go of the effort of control and securing, that we will cut the very source, the very fuel for uh, ego to uh, extend its and use its uh, extensive tool chest of uh, manipulation and control, and that as an outcome of that, then we can in fact uh, experience this ability to relax with any given situation that uh, is uh, experienced by us uh, via that dream-like quality, and that we will encounter a certain uh, peace, certain uh, tranquility, a certain uh, easiness of, uh, of mind. And here is where we discover mind and its ability to be in a right and proper place always, and that uh, there is no need for control. There is no need to establish certainty. There is no need to, to understand uh, more than you have available to you. There is no need to um, acquire more information and more of the right kind of knowledge in order to be able to have that sense of 
mind being um, in a right and proper place. So, to conclude this uh, episode, all of this amazingly can be and is acquired and uh, given to us by one simple attempt to elaborate upon one slogan that uh, Chogyam Trumpa has left for us and that uh, I hope you have found this worth your time listening to my going on and on about this and my own attempt to, uh, well, connect with this uh, meaning behind uh, this uh, slogan left to us by Chogyam Trumpa, which simply says, uh, don't be afraid to be a fool. And that is all, amigos. Thank you. And please subscribe to this channel so that, if you like, you can be informed when my next episode is published. Adios and take care of yourselves.